0: Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Thanks a million for listening to our podcast. Before you actually jump into today's episode, I want to tell you about a new resource that I've created called Connect. Our market has changed dramatically. Our world has changed dramatically. The last couple of weeks and especially the last couple of months continue to serve up to us change. I created Connect as a resource to help guide people through the challenging environments in which we find ourselves, and to make sure that you and your business come out stronger on the other end than you were before this whole thing started. Click the link in the podcast show notes to sign up and learn more about Connect. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins
1: right now. It is great to be back with you this month as we explore together ideas and strategies on sales productivity. I have a, a neat opportunity today. I am sitting amidst a bunch of winners. I'm in Destin, Florida. And I am at the uh, Prudential Realty, uh, Atlanta, in Georgia. A hundred agents that are the very, very best real estate agents in this 40-year-old company that has nearly 900 salespeople. And I'm looking out into their faces, and uh, these guys and gals look sharp. They look professional. They look like they're ready to go. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, see, you guys all agreed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is called the Masters, and almost any event, obviously golf, but certainly any of the, the big events that have that word Masters in it, imply, among many things, one thing, and that is, this is the best of the best. You know, one of my favorite songs to get motivated by is Tina Turner's Simply the Best. And I think about you, and I think about that song, and I think about the fact that we make choices, the right choice, don't we, every day, to be simply the best, and you guys are simply the best, and congratulations to you for uh, not only coming down here, funding your own way, but uh, congratulations on being at least at the $115,000 a year gross commissions level, and most of you way higher than that. How many of you would like to go even higher than you are right now? Let me just see your hands nice and high. Nice. Yeah. This is going to be fun, and I want to thank Dan Forsman and and Tony, Uh, you know, that Tony's made this easy for me, and Dan, I I love that man, I've sat down with him now for just a couple of different occasions, and he's a man that's a a purposeful president, he knows where he's going, he knows where this company's going, and it's great to be on his team, and I hope we get to know each other a little bit more than that, than we do right now. The other exciting thing is, and, and I didn't know this was all going to happen, you know, sometimes we don't, we're in the right place at the right time, but I have as one of our core businesses, the mortgage and banking industry, and we teach literally hundreds of thousands of mortgage people how to work with real estate agents successfully and as I go around the country I talk to them about the value of prospecting and the value of partnering with real estate professionals like you and one of the ways that we teach them to identify names is to spend some time looking at the, the newspaper and so as I go around the country I simply show them that one of the great ways you can find names of top producers is staying involved in the real estate section of your local paper and I carry this around and so you'll notice at the very top that this is uh, Prudential and I, I literally this is what I show and I say this is a Grand Slam Sunday, you know. This is cool when you get the, the top producers, 11 top producers on the front page, and then you look back here and you got some more producers, and then you look in here and you get all these producers, and you know, boy, you could build a whole career just out of this one page of the real estate section of the Sunday paper. And so it's, it's kind of fun that Prudential gets marketed Visa VR vis teaching the mortgage people how to work with real estate agents successfully. And then it dawned on me, you know, the, the other cool thing is the last four real estate deals I've done, I've done with Greg Noonan, who's one of the top producers in Prudential in, in La Jolla, California where I live, and so I feel like I'm part of the Prudential team, and uh, it'll be exciting to see if you feel that way at the end of our hour together, okay? Let's get going. Hey, um, you know, I asked Don, Don's kind of a graphic designer, you know, he's in the marketing department here, and I asked Don to maybe come up and help me with a little experiment. So let's give, uh, let's give the guy that's making all the slides work and all the graphics work and all the music work, let's give Don Freewald a big hand as he comes up here. <laughs> I asked Don back there, I said, Don, do you know how to juggle? And he said, yeah. And and I said, great. And he said, only three things. And I said, okay, we'll start off easy. And so I'd like Don just to juggle one orange real quick. Do it again, just make sure you know how. how. How do you feel Don did on that? Okay. I'd like Don now to juggle two oranges. Let's see how he does there, okay? All right, yeah. Don, pretty good, right? Okay, so let's get Don to juggle three oranges right now and see how this works. <laughs> okay? Now, you know, you'd all know, probably agree that at this point, Don knows how to juggle three oranges pretty well, huh? Okay, let's give him four. Come on, Don. <laughs> All right, now, uh, we we got clearly a little bit better action on three than we did four, right? All right, so let's let's just see if we can take this to the next level. We'll do five, and we'll just see what happens here. (laughs) All right, Don has proven a major point. Let's give Don a big round of applause for helping us out. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Now, uh, one, one of the things that I want to talk to you about in this lesson is the idea of productivity. And this lesson's entitled The Art of Productivity. And uh, let me just ask a question real quickly. How many of you have ever had a game plan, and by 9.30 in the morning, your game plan is already messed up for the day? Let me just see your hands. And for how many of you was it messed up before you even got to the office? Did it just kind of get on the way in? All right, Now, now, how many of you managed to stay pretty messed up ...for the balance of the day. Let me just see here. Once you go off track, you know, isn't it interesting... ...it's so much harder to get back on track. And I ask that because it's so important to understand... That being a sales professional is about choosing to be productive. And yet it just is so difficult sometimes to try and get through the day. We have all these urgencies and all these priorities and all these surprises when our deals are not quite going the way they need to go or you know maybe a borrower's not cooperating with some of the requests that the lender's making or, or maybe uh, maybe you're, there's a surprise you know that you weren't planning on the appraisal coming in low or things like this you know, and, and you sit here and all of a sudden your day kind of gets messed up and it's very, very difficult to get back on course. And when you stay messed up all day long, It's not a fun way to spend your time when you go home with a messed up kind of experience during the day You spend kind of the evening messed up And I don't know if you've ever experienced that but when you have a bad day on the job You go home and you kind of have a bad night at home and and if you go to sleep You know in that kind of state of mind then you have a a really bad night and you don't sleep well And maybe then the following morning you're supposed to wake up and Miraculously be in the state of mind that says hey, let's go do that again That was kind of fun And so we want to look at what would need to happen? for you to have a perfect day? What would it look like in terms of sales productivity? What would it look like in terms of no stress? What would it look like in terms of high sales and and maximizing the opportunities you have? And then another question I like to ask is, how many of you have ever been plagued with that kind of insomnia that is driven by the things you forgot to do or the things you know you have to do, the yellow sticky that you can't remember where you put it, reminding you to do something that was very important, and you kind of get a little restless in it. Let me just see your hands if you've ever experienced that. I had a guy recently, he said, what do you do when you go home, and when it's time to go to bed, you still have a thousand things swirling around in your mind? And I looked him in the eyes and I said, you have to have a system to get the thousand things out. ...before you go to sleep, otherwise you won't sleep peacefully. You know, many of you have probably felt at times like the young police officer... ...who was taking his final exam at the Hendon Police College in North London. He was faced with this question. You are on patrol in outer London when an explosion occurs in a gas main in a nearby street. On investigation, you find that a large hole has been blown in the footpath... ...and there's an overturned van lying nearby. Inside the van, there's a strong smell of alcohol. Both the occupants, a man and a woman, are injured... You recognize the woman as the wife of your divisional inspector who is at present away in the USA. A passing motorist stops to offer you assistance and you realize that he is a man who is wanted for armed robbery. Suddenly a man runs out of a nearby house shouting that his wife is expecting a baby and that the shock of the explosion has made the birth imminent. Another man is crying for help having been blown into an adjacent canal by the explosion and he cannot swim. Ever felt like you had all that going on in a day? Okay, bearing in mind the provisions of the Mental Health Act, describe in a few words what actions you would take. The officer thought for a moment, picked up his pen and wrote, I would take off my uniform and mingle with the crowd. And sometimes that's what we feel like doing. We wish we could take our real estate uniform off and just kind of blend in because there's so much going on. And yet the real truth is you never want to take off your uniform because as sales professionals you ought to feel really good about what you do for a living. And you certainly in most cases don't want to mingle with the crowd because the crowd isn't here in Destin. The crowd isn't here at the master's program. There might be some people on their way up through the crowd, but most of the time hanging with the crowd is a bad deal. Because most of the crowd doesn't know how to do it the right way. And yet, there's a solution to everything that seems complex, and it's a process called productivity. In your notes, you'll realize that the thesis that we have there is productivity is a choice, a system is the catalyst. In fact, I would say that productivity is the right choice, to use the words for your company, Prudential Realty of Atlanta and Georgia. The right choice is to make a choice every day to be productive. When we had Don come up and uh, asked him to help us juggle, I don't know that you know it yet, but he made a major statement by his capabilities. And the statement that he made by his capabilities is that most of us are pretty good at juggling one thing. Most of us can probably get away with juggling two For many of us, as soon as we start to throw maybe a third thing into the fray, it starts to mess up how we operate the other two. And certainly for many of us, myself included, when we add a fourth thing, life starts to get very confusing. And in the midst of a sales day, if we add a fifth thing and a sixth thing and a seventh thing and an eighth thing, we end up choosing to not be productive. We end up making the choice, although you probably don't want to be known for making this choice, of simply being busy. Top producers decide what the one thing is that if they spent the most time doing it would have the greatest impact on their business as real estate professionals you should make decisions on what is that one thing the one thing that if I did most of the time with every day that's been a gift given to me that would produce the greatest economic impact to my business what would that one thing be and then what kind of system could I use to get rid of all the other stuff that maybe I shouldn't be involved in because it just confuses everything and messes things up and then how do I just seize the moment and say, here's the one thing and squeeze the juice that comes out of it, you know, and just and say, this is what it's about. It's about taking this one thing and saying what I need to do this most of the day. Productivity is a choice. Look in your notes. There's a major difference between being busy and being productive. How many of you have gotten a plaque from from Dan that says uh, congratulations for the most hours work for the month? Nobody's gotten that plaque, right? Nobody's gotten a plaque that says, hey, you are incredible, man. You work an average of 80 hours a week. We want to acknowledge that. We want to acknowledge your success. Nobody has has gotten that. Look in your notes. Anonymous says, the hurrier I go, the behinder I get. Any of you ever felt that way in the day-to-day business that you're involved in? Yeah, one of the things I'd like people to do, and maybe you'll do it while you're here on your little retreat, but why don't you go into the gym while you're here, and why don't you just uh, simply uh, get on the treadmill and crank that baby up to about 10.5 miles per hour and hold on to the rails and just see what it's like just trying to stay on that thing, you know? And if we were to back away and videotape you in the day, in the real estate world... You know, in many cases, that's kind of what it would look like. Always running, always running. You can't slow down because if you slow down, you'll wipe out. All right? And then turn that thing down to three and a half miles per hour and realize that's where you could be most productive. The hurrier I go, the behinder I get. One of the great thoughts that I love, and I put it in your notes just to consider, it's a quote by David Allen. He says, The vast majority of people have been trying to get organized by rearranging incomplete lists of unclear things. Take a look at that. Can you imagine what it might be like to spend your entire career getting organized by rearranging incomplete lists of unclear things? And that's how most salespeople operate all day long. We coach in excess of 2,000 people at a time in our coaching business. And it's amazing to me to see all the things that they are doing that are unclear to them, but in the pursuit of being busy and seeking movement, they do them anyway. In our book, High Trust Selling, we teach the 14 immutable laws of sales success. And one of the laws is called the law of the hourglass. And the law of the hourglass says that you must make your moves before your time runs out. That one thought is probably one of the most important thoughts to sales productivity that you can ever grasp and get your arms around. When we stop and think about this law, we have to recognize the fact that you have sales moves, don't you? Every day there are things you have to do that promote how successful you are in the selling business. And when we think about the idea of the law of the hourglass, you only have a limited amount of time. So what we have to do is decide what is the one thing, what are the few moves, what are the things that are occupying time that maybe aren't part of what I should be doing, and what kind of system could I have so that those things got managed proactively so that I could have my time doing the one thing and the two things that have the economic impact on my business that I know I have the opportunity of of having. As far as I know so far, your company does not have a limit on how much money they'll pay you. As far as I know so far, I mean, you're in a commission business, right? And and my understanding is that they'll pay you whatever you want as long as you what? As long as you earn it. So we have to talk about what are some of the fatalities of time. In fact, there are five time fatalities that I think are critical to understand. Number one, people are trying to make too many moves at one time resulting in overcommitment and high stress. I want to give you a visual right now. We have it on good authority from our research and going out in the field and being on over 2,500 calls with real estate agents and mortgage guys and gals and bankers and, and people that are out making calls that there in a day are between 20 and 25 unique activities that if we were videotaping the whole day, we would catch a salesperson involved in. Okay, 20 to 25, unique and separate and different activities. And yet what we begin to realize is that if a person is trying to do all of those things, then what they're doing is they're trading valuable time for reduction in their net worth. They're really occupying and filling time with the things that don't count rather than filling the time with the few things that do count. And again, this might be a system that we would need to look at. Another fatality is this. People don't know where their time goes. As a result, they run out. Having time will never be the problem. Having process will. So here's an exercise that you all might want to do when you go back to your field and back to your your marketplace. And, And we ask all of our coaching students to do this before we actually physically start coaching them, and it's this. We would like you to track your time in 15-minute increments for 10 business days. It'll be the hardest thing you have ever done. It'll be the most freeing thing you ever experienced. I learned this when I was 22 years old. I was reading Forbes magazine, and a guy was interviewed that was earning $2 million a year in sales commissions, and he was asked by the interviewer, what's the key to your success? And here's what he said. He said, I spend five minutes every hour reviewing the previous 55 minutes. And I make in-flight corrections for the next 55 minutes so I can stay on pace and on track doing the things that are the things I should be doing. And he said, I figure out process. I figure out things I should have been delegating that I'm not. I figure out inefficiencies that I'm involved in that I need to fix. And I think about, you know, and I start to see the things that that literally make me not look like an insurance professional, but like a clerical gopher. And he went on to give example. And some of the things he found was that, on average, he would spend 21 minutes a day in faxing-related activities. On average, he would spend twenty-three minutes a day in photocopy related activities. On average, he would spend three and a half hours a week being a courier. Okay? And he started analyzing all this. So he started realize, you know what I'm doing? I'm trading time for income. And some of the time I'm trading, I'm not making any income. And for you in the real estate business, for any salesperson, you gotta go beyond salesperson thinking and you gotta go to practice thinking you own a sales practice you are a sales professional that owns a sales practice and therefore then you should only be doing the things that produce the greatest income to your what to your practice one of the things i like to tell people is next time you go to the doctor's office stop watch the entire visit from the time you get there to the time you leave stop watch the entire visit how much time with whom and add it up at the end and here's what everybody discovers the greatest amount of value was given to them in the shortest amount of time. Okay? The doctor, the one that gives you the wisdom that answers your problems, that tells you your diagnosis, is the person who spends the least amount of time with you, and yet it is in that least amount of time that the greatest amount of value is presented to you. And so trust is high, all right? You know that you're okay with his assistance because they're only merely setting up the experience so that when you and he or her are together, it's magical and it's right and you get the information you need, albeit maybe you don't want to hear, but it's the right information. In real estate, you guys have a real estate practice. You're not a real estate salesperson. You are a real estate practitioner. You own a practice, and therefore then you've got to make sure you don't do the things that get in the way of you doing the things that would allow you to provide maximum value to your clients and earn the greatest amount of revenue for that time exchange. Number three, another fatality, interruptions and distractions are not managed, thereby reducing productivity and production momentum. Happens all the time, and I'll teach you how to manage that going forward. Number four, inefficient time practices actually require more time. Okay, a perfect example, what would happen if I could, in a high-trust way, have... 8 or 9 out of every 10 sellers I sit down with sign a listing contract and have the time it takes for that to happen be 50% less than it does right now for you with even less results? Would that be a cool thing? Wouldn't it be great to figure out a way to have 10 out of every 10 sellers list with you? Wouldn't it be great to figure out a way to have this exchange of efficiency so that you can do whatever it is that you do much more efficiently? Wouldn't it be great to show less houses okay, and have more sales? Wouldn't it be great to have more people buy from a smaller inventory because you have done something up front that narrows the field of focus. Wouldn't it be, and many of you have practiced that, wouldn't it be great to be able to be in business where you don't have to leave a voicemail and wonder what's going on because there's an efficiency set up so that you're automatically told what's going on. Wouldn't it be great to have borrowers not ask you questions about what you already know they should know, and maybe you've already told them once, but they keep asking, wouldn't it be great to have an efficiency system set up so that either by CD or video or an FAQ sheet, I saw it on your website, wouldn't it be great to just tell them what's going to happen so they don't call you? And see, the pursuit of perfection is that pursuit of efficiency. Business owners, which you are, sales practitioners, which you are, are running businesses and they have to run businesses efficiently. Number five, because most people lack a productivity system in which they have confidence, their success has a lid on it that is lower than their capability and their potential. Let me tell you what I mean by this. If you think visually, how many of you can recall a day where you didn't have enough sales going on? Maybe it was early in your career. Maybe you're a little worried about future pipeline. Maybe you were concerned about making your mortgage payment three months from now. Can anybody go back in your real estate career and remember what it was like when you weren't sure if you were going to get paid? Let me just see your hands if you can remember that. Okay, now what happens to your sense of motivation when you're not sure that some point in the future you're going to get paid? Well, theoretically, it should go what? Way up. And so what do you start doing? You start prospecting. You start, you know, looking for opportunities to work with borrowers. You start maybe doing some things you hadn't done. And you start building your business, all right? And then because maybe you haven't built it with efficiency and with systems and with this productivity system, which is the right choice for you to build it with, there's a point in time where you reach this what we call ceiling of complexity. And all of a sudden, more sales equals more time and more stress and maybe more money, but it certainly is not what you signed up for. So there's only two options. Keep working in that frenetic pace or what? Slow down sales so you can handle the sales you have and make sure that they go all the way through so you can get paid. And then pretty soon you realize maybe a month later that, oops, it's a little lighter than I'd hoped for. You know, I'd get a couple more deals in the pipe and, uh, and you start doing it again. And we end up with this high-low, 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 high-low. Here's the comment to high-low thinking. One good month, one bad month okay, equals two average months. I need you to understand that you need to abolish average as real, particularly because you're masters. You know, masters don't think average. You, know, you can't think average. Can you imagine saying to your spouse, Honey, let's go out for an average dinner tonight. <laughs> you know, and and why, why don't we just, to make things really cool, have an average bottle of wine. Let's just do that, okay? And, and maybe let's go to a movie tonight that just got two stars out of four just to see what average kind of feels like. And then after all done with that, we'll go, we'll go home and have average sex. Let's just think about it. <laughs> And you don't think average, do you? You can't think average. And yet, for most of us, we're getting average results, even though we're at the top. Okay? You're the top 10% of a 900-person sales organization. But you're nowhere near where you could be. If this is your cycle and you earned 115, you should have actually earned 230. And if this is your cycle and you earned 230, you actually should have earned 460. And if this is your cycle and you earn 460, you actually should earn 920. And something is magical about figuring out what I'm talking to you about and being at seven figures in gross closed commissions every single year and have a life. Now, how many of you would sign up for that? Let me just see and have a life, okay? Because there's a lot of people that have the seven figures but don't have what a life. And I, I, let me tell you something: you got to put boundaries in your business or you'll never be balanced in your life. Those two have to come together. I'm a big believer in that. But what I want you to understand is that you've got to start thinking at a new level to go to a new level, all right? If you're not thinking at a new level, you'll never get there. And I want you to think so far out of the box that you start creating your own destiny. You start doing things that your competition doesn't even have on their radar screen. You start thinking about productivity and systems and things that up until this point in time haven't even come across your thought process. And I want to help you with that breakthrough. Let me share 10 things with you that are part of breakthrough thinking as sales professionals. Okay, number one, you don't manage time. Write those two words in. You don't manage time. It is a static constant that cannot be changed. So one of the great breakthroughs, in fact, one of my best articles that I ever wrote was called Time Management is a Waste of Time. And the reason why I need you to think this way is because, as it says in your notes, it is impossible to manage one hour and end up with two. It's impossible to manage five minutes and get six. And the sooner you stop thinking about, golly, i got to manage my time, the more freedom you will have in how you use your time. Now, when we think about the law of the hourglass to prove this point, let's say you're playing a game and you've got your hourglass and the sands of sugar or, or time are falling through the narrow waistline and you're playing against three other people, some game, and you realize that as the time starts to trickle away and you haven't made your move, what is happening in your life? Your stress is going up, all right? Now, if you were successfully enrolled in a graduate course in time management, here's what would happen. You would grab that hourglass, turn it sideways... And all people whom you were playing against would say, good move. You're a time manager. I like that. Think it over. Take your time. You know, congratulations. You have stalled time. Now, could you, would you ever get away with that in a competitive board game? No. Now, some of you really trying to push this to the edge would make time back up. You just turn it over. Right? Right? And let me just think about it. I want to regain that minute. I wasn't really in clear thought. I know that I'm, all, I'm halfway through it, but I just can't do it. You can't ever get back what is lost. That's called time. It's a static constant. So here's the deal. Sales professionals must think hourly rate. Stop thinking about commission per transaction. Stop thinking about $115,000 to get back down to Destin again next year. Start thinking what? How much am I worth per hour? Put a goal on it. Go back in history and say, what was I worth the last three months? And start recognizing that while you cannot manage time, what you can do is manage the moves that produce revenue within the time that you have. It's a very thoughtful consideration for you to, to really kind of play around with, all right? Hourly rate. Now, what you could begin doing then is realizing that every single hour, if you're getting only that one orange or two orange, the one or two things that really can give you the biggest juice, okay, then those are the things you ought to exploit. And we need to understand this. Fewer things done well occupying more time will generally be a more profitable scenario for you than many things during the same amount of time, some of which in some that don't produce economic revenue, okay? Key thought. Number two, you don't manage priorities. They are something you have, okay? It's very important to understand this. You can't manage priorities. Priorities are something that you have, and therefore then you got to answer a fundamental question. Do I schedule my priorities or do I prioritize my schedule? The first is proactive. The second is reactive. If I'm in business to schedule my priorities, I am saying first things first. If I'm in business to prioritize my schedule, generally that's a reactive approach to inefficient and insane time management. Okay, so make a decision. In your notes it says every priority ignored becomes a bigger priority. Very important to understand that. Number three, tasks are not given. They are determined. So here's what I'd like to have happen for you. I'd like for you to walk away from our time together in this recording of The Selling Edge and whether it means you become part of The Selling Edge lessons every single month and get the CDs and the lesson plans, or maybe you get involved in our Time Mastery CD system or our Life Mastery CD system or our Sales Mastery CD system or all three, I'd like you to walk away with this idea that I need to decide what tasks are the inventory tasks that have to get done for me to be a real estate superstar. And this is not about you going to some level that I want you to go to. It's about you going to the level that you would call your best. And it's about making sure that if you're given 40 hours of your life or 50 hours of your life or 60 hours of your life to your business, it's about making sure that every hour produces what? Revenue. So I would begin to look at, okay, what are high payoff tasks or dollar productive behavior tasks? And I'd start to look at what are non-dollar productive tasks Okay, or low payoff tasks, and I'd start to reconcile in my mind that the fewer of the high payoff that I do longer, better, more efficiently, and more intentionally, the more revenue I will make, which will afford me opportunity to offload, delegate, and systemize all of the non-dollar productive or low payoff activities. Now, you go back and do that T-chart example, one page, write down all the stuff that you shouldn't be doing, next to it, the few things you did do that you should do, and you're going to start to realize in the first day, look at all these things I'm doing that in our book we call red behavior. Red behavior on a profit and loss statement means what? Losses. Okay, look at the few things you did. Green behavior. What does green mean? Okay, profits. Okay, what do you want more of? Losses or profits? Everybody wants more profits. You can't get more profits until you stop spending time in the things that are unprofitable. In the book, we have a law that's called the law of the broom. And the law of the broom says to take your business up, you must first clean it up. And part of that thinking is, what are all of the tasks that I'm routinely doing that are reactive, which means they don't have a proactive solution to them? Or what are all the tasks that I'm doing that, quite honestly, somebody else could do better and more effectively than I'm doing it and at less cost than it is occurring to me and accruing to me as I do it? All right? We have to think that way. In your notes, it says that you own the choice to do or not to do. You have the choice of when and when not to. I have a dentist friend of mine in La Jolla, California, where I live, that has a dental practice that earns $3 million a year, and he nets 900000 Four blocks away, in the same city, another friend of mine has a dental practice. They've both been in business for 15 years. His business earns a million dollars, and he nets 250 The primary difference between Paul and Jim is that Paul does only one thing, restoration dentistry. That's the one thing that he does that produces the greatest economic impact in his dental practice. The other guy does everything, billing and accounting and cleaning and e- drilling and filling and, you know, and all the stuff. And, and they're both trained to be what? Dental practitioners, but one has figured out this idea of task choice and the other has not and it makes all the difference in their economics now given the choice how many of you would like to shorten the amount of time it takes for you to have absolute total financial freedom i mean given the choice you would like to shorten the amount of time it takes for you to have absolute total financial freedom okay guess what there's only two ways to get it work harder work smarter you got to make a choice and the smart real estate professionals the smart dentists the smart sales professionals figure out the one thing, and do it as repeatedly and as efficiently as they possibly can. And you need to think that way. Number four in your notes says, projects don't move forward, actions move projects forward. Projects don't move forward, actions move projects forward. And the thought there is that too many of us are project-focused, we're not action-focused. In your notes it says that trying to move a project forward is like trying to eat an elephant in one bite. And we need to understand that, whether it's a new marketing system you're trying to put into play or whether it's finally getting your database organized or whether it's maybe deciding that you want to build a clients for life model and every borrower and every seller and every buyer that you've ever done business with, you want them to be part of this ongoing asset that you develop. Maybe it's some annualized campaign that you're going to develop for all those people that you call past clients, which really aren't past clients, unless you messed it up so bad they'll never buy from you again. You know, we got to think about what actions move a project forward. Here's the problem. If we think project, it's easy to get what? Overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, guess what the resultant behavior of being overwhelmed is? Procrastination. And Shakespeare said procrastination is the fertilizer that makes all difficulties grow. So we've got to think this one through. And and project management is important, but actions are what move projects forward. Number five, lack of clarity and focus on intended outcomes paralyzes decisions and leads to procrastination. So when you as a real estate professional or any sales professional, quite honestly, are in lack of clarity and focus on the intended outcomes that you desire, watch this, for the next five minutes, for the next 30 minutes, for this day, if you're not clear on those outcomes, your decisions will be paralyzed by that lack of clarity, okay? When you are really clear on what's important, decisions become what? Easy, and it's easy to focus. If we don't focus and we get paralyzed, that leads to procrastination. The opposite, though, is power. Write that word in. If we get really clear and we focus... We will not be paralyzed in decisions, we'll be empowered in decisions, and that is where the word power comes from. And you'll get bigger results, better results, and faster results. There's a book you might want to add to your library, it's called Focus. It's written by a guy named Al Reese, and Al Reese in that book sets it up beautifully, and I'm going to give this to you right now. It's important to recognize, as he says, the sun is a powerful source of energy. Every hour the sun washes the earth with billions of kilowatts of energy. Yet with a hat and some sunscreen, you can bathe in the light of the sun for hours with few ill effects. A laser is a weak source of energy. A laser takes a few watts of energy and focuses them in a coherent stream of light. But with a laser, you can drill a hole in a diamond or wipe out a cancer. If you were to ask me what is the one thing that has caused exponential growth, For the hundreds of thousands of salespeople that we've been in front of over the last 15 years or so and taught how to be productive in selling, it would be their ability to focus. Okay? To focus on the few things rather than on the many. To be really good at the few things rather than to be okay at the many. To decide to be a practitioner instead of just a salesperson. This is the kind of thinking of a superstar. Absolute, unadulterated focus. Now, you just think this through. If you could focus six hours a day on working with buyers and working with sellers, and you did that every day for an entire week, and you did that every week for an entire month, and you did that every month for 10 months and took two months off, okay, you would sell the numbers that we have a minimum of 175 homes a year, okay? Now, I don't know for many of you if that's more or less. The maximum, depending on how good you are at those systems, is in excess of 450 homes a year. Okay? And we have agents that we've worked with over the last decade that sell in excess of 450 homes a year by being what? Focused. All right? and, and I just want you to consider for a moment what it might be like to step up sales, not by working harder, but by working what? More intentionally and more laser-like on the things that really matter. As we continue down the path, number six says, therefore, thinking about your work is more important than actually doing your work. This is a very important thought. Most of us are so busy being busy, we don't have time to what? Think, okay? Thinking about your work is more important than actually doing your work. All actions must be clarified and held in purposeful regard. Write those two words in. Understanding why is the most powerful question you can ask. Okay, now let's talk about this for a second. There's only two things you can do in your business. You ready? This is very simple. You can work in it or you can work on it. The problem with working in your business and not working on your business is the stuff you do during end time may not be as productive and may not be as profitable as it otherwise could be. One of the great tactics, one of the great strategies would be to ask yourself what is my on time schedule? When do I have time to really work on my business? Is it every Friday? Is it every Tuesday and Thursday during a certain time frame? When do I work on my business? If you're not working on your business, what you end up doing is getting locked into the inefficiency that comes through working in your business. I've taught you a little bit about red thinking. I've taught you a little bit about green thinking. There's another type of thinking called yellow thinking if we understand that green is profit and, and that it means go when we learn the traffic signal, and if we understand that red is loss of profits and in, in driver's ed it taught us stop, then we can re- be reminded of the fact that the yellow light was what? Caution. It wasn't floor it. okay. It wasn't hurry up and make it through before it actually turns red. It was you better start slowing down because there might be impending what? Disaster or pain or, or you know something that obviously might not be part of your plan for the day. Yellow thinking is what? here are the warning signs in my business, okay? These are the things that happen all day long. And they've been happening for a couple months now or a couple years. And I need to start looking at those with a different set of glasses. I need to start looking at those at what warning is it sending me? And it could be the very warning, if you keep doing this, okay, you're going to start losing even more money than you've already lost. Green means go, make more dough. Red means stop, you're not making any dough. Yellow means slow, you're starting to lose dough. And you got to think that way. you got to think in technicolor. you got to think about working on your business, not simply in your business. Emerson said in your notes, I love this quote, the ancestor of every action is thought. Okay, now listen. Action without thought is dangerous. Thought without action is useless. All sales superstars spend time thinking about their business and the big thing they want to answer is why am i in this business if you look in your notes why it's the core of your motivation to be successful why do you sell homes why are you in the real estate business okay why am I in the training business? Why is my dad in the medical business? Why is somebody you know maybe in the legal business? What is the why behind the fact that they're in business? In other words, what is the core of their motivation? When we know the why, it allows for better decision making. I worked for the better part of 10 years with real estate professionals. I was a lender. I realized early on that in order to make my why work, which was to help people's home buying dreams come true, I had to work with a few of the very, very best agents rather than many of the mediocre agents. So I was able to get Clarity on who to fire, you know, what agents not to work with, what agents to go after, because I knew that my why was going to be linked to what? Who I partnered with. And the better that I could match and and make those relationships work, which is called the law of courtship in our book, and I'll talk to you about that as we continue, then the more likely my why would be executed. And if your motivation is lacking, and if you don't feel solid about the direction you're going, it probably is because you're not sure why you're doing it. And so one of the things we talk about is the power of purpose, And the power of recognizing that there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing. And the more clear you are on it, the easier decisions will become for you. And and the more peace of mind you'll have. Why? It determines pathways for delegation. You know, if I want to make people's home buying dreams come true, guess what I am not going to do? Everything other than working with a borrower that you refer to me that I can help his, her, or their home buying dream come true. Now, that whole thought process set up, a system and series of delegations where by the time I was done doing loans, I had six people on my team that were helping me because I only wanted to do what? The one thing that would help me with my why. So everything got delegated. I remember when I learned from my dad, a physician, I was at his hospital and I, and I asked him, I said, Dad, how come you don't take the x-rays? And he said, because I get paid more to read them. I was 13 years old and I started learning right then and there the power of delegation. You know what you get paid to do? You get paid to list and sell, okay? You don't get paid to do anything else, okay? You might get paid for your knowledge. You might get paid for your wisdom. But at the end of the day, you get paid what? To list property and to sell property and to make sure that you're spending as much time as you can with those people. But if you're not clear on why, this will just be another seminar experience for you, okay? What else is why? Why focuses your energy? Okay? If the why is really critical to you, my why now is not helping people's home buying dreams come true. My why now is making a difference in people's lives that it will impact their life forever. So I got here at 1 o'clock last night, didn't have a good night's sleep, you know, but I'm as motivated today to be in front of you. Why? Because I know I have one opportunity to make a difference in your life and I need to give it everything I can for the hour that I have with you. And if I do that, then chances are your life will be impacted. If I don't do that and I think I'm still tired, Okay, then I'm not going to make a difference like I could make a difference. When you want to work out, how many of you have ever wanted to work out and you rationalize the workout away? Okay, you rationalize the workout away because you're relying on willpower. Willpower is not the key to life. Pull power is the key to life. And the only way you get pulled forward is by knowing your why, your purpose. Number seven, simply thinking of things to do does not ensure that the things get done. Isn't that true? That's why some of you have yellow pads that have list after list after list after list. You lose your yellow pad, you're done. You're in trouble, all right? Anything that should get done but is not only adds stress and anxiety. Two words to write in. Action produces results. Two key words. Action produces results. Now, listen to these points. Procrastination is more often a result of messed up priorities than it is laziness or complacency. It's a very powerful thought for you to consider. Priorities mean nothing in theory, only in application. So here's an example. If you were to give me a list of your top five priorities, would they be the same five that I came up with if I watched a videotape of your entire day? See, most of your heads are going, no, you're not saying anything because you don't want to get caught on tape. But most of you went like this. I heard one yes. Now, I'm not here to tell you that I have it all figured out. I will tell you that I'm every day trying to become the best that I can be. But I will tell (mother) you this. Most people know that they experience way too much conflict. And conflict occurs when you're not doing what you know you should be doing. Okay? So every day when you know you should be, 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 and you're not. Okay, you're chipping away at what we call sales self-esteem. And your sales self-esteem is going down and down and down. What would it be like if you did every day only what you know is a priority? How would your sales self-esteem be? Be huge. What happens when your self-esteem goes up? So do your sales. So what are the things you're not good at? What are the things you're thinking about doing, but you've been thinking about doing for five months? What are the things that you are routinely involved in that you've never even questioned whether or not you should be involved in? Have you ever even stopwatched how many minutes a day you spend walking around in meaningless activity that shouldn't be done by you anyway? Have you ever started just tracking the minutes, the minutes? Lord Clarendon said, take care of the minutes and the hours will take care of themselves. And I'm telling you something, start stopwatching your pathway to success and you're going to realize, man, oh man, oh man, 962 hours this year were spent on And I didn't earn a sales commission from one of those You go through a year like that and you'll change your course All right? how do we do that? Number eight, relative to productivity This is very important, I'll go slow There are only two things in your mind The things you have to do And the things that are still not done The reason they are there is because you don't have a system Write that word in to capture and store the ideas and tasks or a system to get them done in an organized, stress-free way. Make sure you got that. The reason they are there, what? The two things in your mind, things you have to do or things that still aren't done, is because you don't have a system to capture and store the ideas and tasks or a system to get them done in an organized, stress-free way. This is critical. Any idea or task that you think about twice is an idea or task that didn't have a system to apply it upon conception. What does that mean? If I think it once, I should have a system to apply to that so I never think it what? Twice. And certainly not three times, four times, five times, six times, because that's when you start feeling bad about your purpose.